When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Looking for news. We had a lot of it on a Monday, a Tennessee football commitment. And also, it looks like Tennessee baseball is back in order as a couple of diamond balls will be on the field this week after Tony Vitello's suspension. And Maui Ahuna will be on the field as well as he has been cleared. Caleb Calhoun, good morning. How are you, sir? Busy day yesterday? Very busy day. I'm doing very well. Um, on a side note, I meant to do this yesterday, but I'm going to do it today. My condolences to the Milwaukee Bucks. To those of you who don't know, Jimmy Haslam just bought the Bucks. The minute Jimmy Haslam starts running your organization, you start losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You start losing. You start making weird decisions. The only people that should be more afraid of Jimmy Haslam than a professional sports team might be minority convenience store owners, which you robbed. <laughs> tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars from but other than that he's a great guy i say investor because he'll lose all your money too if he's running the money running the show yeah but i say it's good for tennessee because as long as the haslam checks keep coming in it's better for him to fill his day with other things i mean i'm serious when i say that it sounds like a joke but i, I will tell you that he is um 
as long as he's messing with whether it's the Bucks or the Dolphins or the Browns or the Patriots or the uh, some uh, major league soccer team, that's good news for Tennessee because then he's not meddling with the Vols. So I don't care if he if he sponsors a pickleball team. That is good news for Tennessee. I agree. I agree. The more things he has his hands in, the better, because the the further away from Tennessee he stays, the better off the program is. It, it, the, you can track the fall of the football program to Jimmy Haslam having more control over the football program. They line up, and not that's not a coincidence. <laughs> well, and his dad was so great, too. He's the exact type of big booster you want. He doesn't throw his weight around. Now, major decisions certainly r- ran through Big Jim, but – it wasn't a scenario in which he was meddling all the time, like Bobby Louder for years at Auburn, and I could go on and on and on. There are other examples, but that's not the case at Tennessee. The case at Tennessee is Smoky Mountain Red wants the good news, so let's go ahead and get to that. And the good news is at Tennessee is, despite those of us who uh, might be a little conspiracy theorist and get concerned, uh, ultimately Tennessee gets their baseball team back in uh, Huna, and they get Tony Vitello back as well. So a big day for the Vols, and the fact that it wrapped up that quickly has to be encouraging, Caleb, because I wondered if this would drag past a Monday. I'd been told that they'd have an announcement Monday, but I kind of wondered. I made some parallels with the Bruce Pearl situation, but I don't think it's going in that direction. Still, there could be more things that come out. But ultimately, what did you think about the way things panned out for Tennessee? I thought it was very significant. And please hit that like button. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, it looks like Tennessee's got everything cleaned up uh, at, at this point. Yeah, and I, I got to give you a shout out. You kind of called this yesterday. And I'm going to say I think you were right. It looks like Tennessee just felt there was no harm in throwing Tony Vitello under the bus for a little while if they had to. Um, and quite honestly, if you're going to throw a coach under the bus, baseball is not a bad sport to do it because let, let's compare baseball, basketball, and football. Now, I'm not talking about running a program, but in terms of in-game strategy, Dave, let's be honest, baseball is like the least important for the coach to be on the sidelines or in the dugout when that's happening. You don't really need your coach on the field. You, you play the same either way, I feel like unlike basketball or football. So you can afford to suspend your coach in baseball and gets them out ahead of this. I think that it was a way to send a message to the NCAA that we're handling this. And yeah, I think they come out looking okay because of that. Travis says I'm a glass half empty kind of guy. No, I'm really not. I just like to bring things to the light that, that maybe you don't think of because let's face it. If, if you're a Tennessee fan, you heard the news on Friday, and you're hoping that it's all done and by Monday. And it probably is all done by Monday, even going back to Friday. And but, but I'll say this. I've seen these situations explode before, and I think there's a 1% chance that it, it could continue to happen. But here's the thing. I talked to somebody that had really strong ties with Tennessee's baseball program yesterday, and that is – This is something that Tony Vitello is going to have to deal with, and I don't think he cares, okay? But there is nobody in the baseball community that feels sorry for him. There is nobody in the baseball community that would 
uh, not provide a tip to get him in trouble. I'm specifically pointing the finger at Arkansas where he's, he's got ties there. Vanderbilt, which dominated the state and was incredibly unfair in the way they were. And I know a little bit about this because my son's trying to get into Vanderbilt, the way they're able to offer financial aid. I mean, basically you could get a quarter of your scholarship paid for your school paid for at Tennessee, or you could get a full ride at Vanderbilt. You've got to be a pretty big UT fan to pass up that education at Vanderbilt. That's completely paid for. And they found a loophole. So I think Vanderbilt doesn't like Tennessee and what they're able to do with transfers and what they're able to do with NIL money. I don't think Arkansas likes Tennessee because of the ties there. I don't think there's any love lost. So in the, in the baseball college baseball community, there are plenty of Tony Vitello enemies and that's not going to change but he just has to kind of walk the straight and narrow and he'll be fine yeah and you know we've covered enough coaches in all sports in the past to know that you have to be careful when you make enemies because i i'm thinking in my mind all right dave i'm going to throw out three names to you okay and i want to know if tony vitello who is if who he strikes you the most like we said bruce pearl yesterday that's one right we also said i'm seeing Will, remember Will Wade at LSU, how much he rubbed people the wrong way in mm-hmm. basketball? Mm-hmm. And now those are the worst-case scenarios. Best-case scenario is he Steve Spurrier, who rubbed everybody the wrong way, but kind of everybody likes him now. Yeah, Will Wade is an interesting one because I believe, from what I was told when he took the LSU job, that he was ready to cheat. So that that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. They thought he was an up-and-coming coach, and they thought that he was going to be able to – pick a job where you didn't have to cheat. The, in, in, in basketball circles, LSU is a program that you have to cheat to win. And so they were very disappointed, and then it turns out he did cheat. I don't think Tony Patello is cheating. I think he made a boo-boo with the uh, Malia Huna thing. I think he probably contacted him at the wrong time. Now, John asked a question on the message board, and, John, I'm just going to be real honest with you, and I, Caleb's learned this about me. I'll tell you stuff I know, I'll tell you stuff I think, and I'll tell you stuff that I'm really not sure about right now. So John says, was Vitello's suspension involving Ahuna? Thought that was a Class 3 violation and usually don't involve suspensions. That's true. I can't tell you 100% that they're tied together. Now, the timing would make you think so, but not exactly because Ahuna was held out the week before and then came the Vitello thing. So I can't tell you 100%. I think that would be it. I think if you're a Tennessee fan, you hope that would be it. So that leads me to the next question. Why would you suspend Tony Vitello if it's just a class three violation, which is pretty low in the totem pole? Well, it's because your football team is under investigation by the NCAA and you just want to go to Tony Vitello and you say, hey, buddy, we got your back. I want you to know this. We need to suspend you if that's okay, because football is still under the microscope. That's what I believe. Can I tell you 100% certain on this day that that's the case? No, but that's what I believe, Caleb. Do you think that makes sense? Yeah, I think so too. And I think for the reason I was bringing earlier, because, again, you don't really suffer when you suspend your coach in baseball for games. I mean, coaches – it's not like Tony Vitello can't tell his pitching coach what lineup to set or who to start ahead of the game. It's not like he can't do – you know, any any strategy – 95% of strategy in coaching in baseball is before the game. You don't really need to be in the dugout except for when you determine to take a pitcher out. And that, that's pretty much it. And so, I mean, yeah, I think it causes them no harm to suspend them in a non-SEC series for three games. You're right. The football program's under investigation. 
this, this was all about getting out ahead of things, and they all kind of agreed on it. And I'm with you. I don't think Tony, I don't think Tony Vitello cares that he got suspended, quite honestly. So I, I think they're all in on this together, just like you said, to save the football program. Can I pull back the curtain a little bit? And if, if, if you guys don't mind on the message board. So for those that think I'm a glass half full type of guy, I, listen, we even going back when we started June the 6th, we got a tremendous response on baseball. So we had a record day in, in terms of number of clicks on a Sunday, which was bizarro. So anybody that thinks I'm against Tennessee baseball, it's sure crazy. Something to talk about in, in April and May. Caleb, I'm down. I might become uh, a donor um, for Tennessee's baseball team. Keep it rolling, baby. Yeah, in particular when, unless you have an entertaining college basketball team, which Tennessee does not have, um, it's hard to even talk about college basketball and keep up the clicks until March Madness. And so, yeah, if baseball's getting hit, if baseball's doing well in February, we all want to see it do well. And you're right. We benefit, guys, if Tennessee goes to the College World Series. That's something for us to cover, and that's more clicks for us. So, yeah, we're not – we're not – we don't have it out for Tennessee baseball whatsoever. No, and Smoky Mountain Red said Danny White was the athletic director, said, look, buddy, take a few days off with pay. That, that is the optimal scenario. Okay, and do I think there's a good chance that happened? Uh, yes, I do. the The bigger concern would be, you know, if if this if there's something else out there, and that's how they reacted. I had a question. The segment with John Adams has been nixed. No, it has not. John uh, John will be with us. He's got some things to tend to, but we're looking forward to having John each and every Tuesday. So um, let me go ahead and as as we look at this baseball situation i uh, want to get to a very special segment that we love in honor of norm mcdonald you're like why norm mcdonald uh because he had a sports show and he uh, had a segment called what the h and norm mcdonald's the funniest man that's ever walked the face of the earth and we're going to get to tennessee's commitment uh by the way but this uh program and what the h brought to you by city heating and air conditioning city heat and air.com city heating and air conditioning integrity matters when we come up on those cold, cold days and maybe your HVAC unit isn't doing exactly what it should, then you know with City Heating and Air Conditioning that they will take care of your unit. You may not need a brand new one. Other people are going to tell you that. So what the H brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. Did Danny Watt overreact in sitting Tony Vitello? Based off what we know now, and more could come out this afternoon, more could come out tomorrow. I don't know. But based off what we know, and I believe it was the contact with the Huna. Did he overreact? Yay or nay, Caleb Calhoun? Yay, but I think it was a good. Th- I don't think there was anything wrong with him overreacting. If I'm, it's if, does, does that make sense? Yes, yes, it does. Maybe an overreaction, but you know, it's like when you take your car in and uh, you 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 have um, the oil levels checked, and you say, "Can you go ahead and check the tires too, and make sure they've got the right amount of uh, air pressure in them?" 
Yeah. I mean, I got no problem with that. Yeah. I mean, just for, for reference, my dog was in a scuffle last week and I saw a little blood on, on, on his stomach. So I took him to the doctor was mostly fine, but did I overreact? Yes. Do I have a problem that I overreacted? No, (laughs) no, I don't think you overreacted at all. So, and Travis says, nope, he is setting an example as well. I agree with that. Smoky Mountain Red said, hey, as a long, long Tennessee fan, you cannot help but go down that path with a decade of despair. Talking about it could be more serious. Again, I don't think it is, but uh, certainly if, if there's if it wasn't announced as early as it was on Monday, I would be on this show right now telling you that I think that there could be more. But I don't think there's more. I think that's it. I think it would be an indefinite suspension if it was something serious. And remember, they held a big press conference for Pearl and all that. And he came back and coached for a while. And news just kept coming out. And it was... Yeah, that fake crying that he was doing in that press conference, that really ugly cry. (laughs) Yeah, that was uh, (laughs) quite the press conference uh, to behold. Let's get to uh, some recruiting as, again, a busy news day yesterday as Tennessee picked up a big-time commitment. It's talking Cruton, and it's brought to you by our friends at CraftTreats.com. Go to CraftTreats.com for the CBD-infused pet treats that will help with your pet's anxiety issues. They'll help with your pet's arthritis. They'll help with your pet's digestive issues. Use the promo code off the hook. Promo code off the hook. Get 20% off. CraftTreats.com. CraftTreats.com. If you're not looking for the CBD version, they have great holistic medicine across the board. Talking Cruton brought to you by crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. Talking Cruton. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Who's on Tennessee's board? The names you need to know exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. Tennessee picks up a big one, a four-star prospect that uh, certainly fits into Josh Heupel's scheme. What receiver? really doesn't but what were your thoughts on Tennessee picking up JJ Harrell after a weekend of a lot of recruiting action in terms of uh, camps and there was an Under Armour camp and there were a lot of contact that I think technically it's a dead period but you can still Facebook and Twitter message people even though you can't text them which is always the dumbest drill I ever thought but JJ Harrell of Mississippi became the ball's fifth commitment of the 2024 class. You can read more about it on offthehooksports.com. Don't forget to download the app. It is available on Apple and Android. What do you think of J.J. Harrell? Um, I think this is this is significant because let's not forget what happened with Maisie O'Bennett last year, who was a four-star receiver in the 2024 class, was committed. Tennessee loses to South Carolina. Alex Golish leaves. Maisie O'Bennett's from South Carolina. He decommits, and he commits to South Carolina. So I think... This is a decent pickup to offset that. I mean, you, you get a guy from Lane Kiven's backyard, and it ain't like Lane Kiven isn't a selling point for receivers too, given his offense. True. And so that's a solid pickup. I think that it looks like he's going to play more wide out. We're talking 6'2", 185 right now. You could probably see him get to 6'3", 6'4", maybe, and hit the 200-pound mark by the time he gets to college. Again, I would assume wide out, but, you know, Tennessee just added Dante Thornton, and he's a 6'4 slot receiver. And so, it, which is crazy to think about. I think, again, just side note, I, I don't think we realize how amazing Dante Thornton could be this year. But uh, outside of that, this guy looks like he's more of a wide out. Josh Heupel, it's funny. Heupel likes to, and I prefer the system too, 
likes to run two or th- he likes two go-to guys, maybe two to three at a time. You know, he doesn't want five to six receivers in a rotation all getting 500 yards. He wants one guy getting a thousand, another guy getting 800 and another getting 700 on the season. Um, but he has a lot of similar profile wideouts in that six, two, six, three range. And I mean, there's not going to be room for all of them in a couple of years. So the question becomes who's going to transfer out once Ramel Keaton, Brew McCoy, and those guys are gone. And I'm still not sure of that. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this question and uh, I want, I've got it on our message board too. Tennessee picking up JJ Harrell is blank. Pick a word, <clears throat> excuse me, pick a word to fill in that sentence. Tennessee picking up JJ Harrell is blank. I'm going to say impressive. And the, for me, the story is more they got an elite receiver out of Mississippi away from Lane Kiffin. Um, and I, I think that, yeah, I know you talked about Ole Miss and what they can and can't recruit, but. With Lane Kiffin, you think that they'd be able to keep elite offensive weapons in the state of Mississippi and go into Ole Miss. And you, cer- so, you certainly wouldn't think he'd be out of the running in late February. Exactly. Exactly. With yeah, a year away, with signing day a year away, him out of the running. So I say impressive that Josh Heupel could do that. Quite honestly, John says epic. Travis says unexpected. All right, Travis, this is me being uh, glasses three quarters full. Tennessee picking up Harrell is routine. And here's why I say routine. They're picking up the four-star guys via the transfer portal at receiver. They're, they're able to dominate uh, other teams in terms of their passing game. Receivers are going to want to come to that. Smoky Mountain Red says proof that Hopple is building something. I think we're further down the road than that Smoky Mountain Red. I'll be real honest with you. I think that – uh, this is routine. I think beating a Georgia and beating an Alabama for a receiver, if it's not routine already, it's going to be because they're. we talked about who they hired as their offensive coordinators. They're not going to break the mold. And Mike Bobo and uh, what they're doing in Alabama, they're trying to revert back to a pro style. This is going to be routine. I'll go ahead and tell you, Tennessee will pick up another four-star receiver in this class. I believe very firmly in that. Maybe two more if they want them. They'll at some point pick up a big transfer that we'll all get excited about, and you should. When it comes to receivers, Tennessee picking up this type of player is routine. Caleb, what do you think of that? I think you're right. I think you're right. I didn't think about it that way, but they've been securing elite receivers over the past two years at, at will now. With however they want so I'm, I'm with you i think at this point it is routine um and so this year is going to be interesting because this year is going to be the first year where the primary weapons at receiver are mostly guys that josh heupel didn't that josh heupel signed excuse me you know cedric tillman was a jeremy pruitt recruit and jalen hyatt was a jeremy Repru- jeremy pruitt recruit so we're going to have to we're going to see a this year brew mccoy transfer josh heupel went after Dante Thornton, the transfer he went after. Squirrel White, a Josh Hyper recruit. The only one that he didn't sign among this crew is Ramel Keaton. So this is going to be interesting to watch this year to see what happens with the guys he's targeted over the past few years. And I got I to gotta tell you this, too. More so from the attitude standpoint, but just from – or more, more so from the playing standpoint, I think the attitude standpoint changes. When I talk to guys like we do with Cooper Mays and Jacob Warren, and I talk to other guys that 
I, I, I just sense this optimism around this class. You mentioned Tillman. I'm not throwing Tillman under the bus, but he did not have the impact. We thought a lot of that was because of injuries, but he just didn't seem there was, there's a couple of times I thought the body language is good. We know what happened with Jeremy Banks. I think Tennessee gets an upgrade by indoctrinating these individual players into Josh Heupel's mindset more so than trying to transfer people over. I mean, let's face it. If you show up for Jeremy Pruitt and you realize that it's a total train wreck, you can't help but become a little bit jaded, Caleb. Oh, I agree. You're absolutely right on that. And I mean, you know, with with that first year with Josh Heupel, you have to wonder, like, there is a little bit more of, I kind of got to just get mine and focus on the NFL at this point and focus on what I can do because there's nothing really to play for. Luckily, there are some football positions where you can do that. Cornerback is one of them. Cornerback is a position which Alante Taylor. I'm not saying Alante Taylor's dad. I think Alante Taylor very much cared about the team at Tennessee. He was a great guy, but I think you 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 know you with cornerback. That's a position where you just have to do your job. You don't really have to make any sacrifices for anybody. Um, safety, you got to make some sacrifices if you want the team to be good. Sometimes, which Trayvon Flowers did on on the receiver front. I, we talked about this. You're right. And, and Tillman and Hyde, Hyde are totally different in this way. Tillman. Tillman's a guy that that thousand yards he could, he got he might have been able to get a thousand yards in any similar type of system, um, I think. Last year Jalen Hyatt that was all Josh Heupel scheming, all Josh Heupel. And so I think that these guys now that Heupel's recruited, it, it's going to be interesting to see where they kind of fall. There, he again he's going for a similar profile outside of Squirrel White. Dave, do you notice that Heupel's? I'm not. I'm only invoking his name from an X's and O's standpoint, not a character standpoint. Heupel seems to be going the Hugh Freeze route, where he really wants the bigger receivers across the board. Maybe uh, Hugh Freeze always judged a player by his ankles. He always wanted to see ankles. I know that sounds incredibly weird and creepy, but it kind of sounds like a is it a Rex Ryan thing uh, with the feet? But it's not that he wanted to see the size of their ankles and how big that they could grow into. So. Uh, Maybe Josh Heupel is evaluating ankles. But Tennessee in their 2024 class, uh, it's eighth uh, overall. And Jonathan Eccles, the athlete out of IMG Academy, again, I can't tell you how important it is to have a tie into there, is the highest rated prospect just above Harold, wide receiver uh, out of North Panola High School. Then Caleb Beasley, who obviously had a tie to Tennessee with his uh, – uh, was it brother or cousins? Brother, correct? I thought it was cousin. Is it brother? Is it cousin? Cousin. I could look uh, it up. I'm not sure about that. So, out of Lipscomb Academy in Nashville is another four star, uh, Marcus Corey Jr. out of Cleveland, Tennessee, another four star. So, right now, Tennessee has five commitments for the 2024 class, and four of them are four stars. Then Carson Gentle out of Macaulay School here in uh, Chattanooga is a three-star prospect. So Tennessee's off to a fantastic start, and I can't imagine it uh, I can't imagine it slowing down anytime soon because I think they're going to have a uh, fantastic uh, season this year, and uh, I just don't foresee them not having a class that's knocking on the door of a top five class barring something insano happen. Uh, Falcons just released their quarterback. Come on down, Hendon. I didn't see that. So, uh, man, I saw, I saw a projection where the Cowboys love him. And by the way, 
all of the rec- all of the draft news is bull. It's smokescreen. We all know that. But I pray, literally pray for Hendon Hooker that he doesn't go to my favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys, because they are a train wreck annually and have been for roughly the last 30 years. So I hope he doesn't go there. Oh, it was I Mariota. Good, I hope good things for him. What? It was Mariota they released. Um, so Marcus Mariota, the Falcons released him, which I would, I'm a Titans fan, and I was not a fan of Mariota when he was drafted. That's honestly, now that we say Mariota out loud, Dave, that's kind of a fear that that's who Hinden Hooker could be. Really good guy, but, you know, the system doesn't know that he played it in college may not transition to the NFL. We'll have to see. But yeah, I, I hope he's, I hope it works out better for him. Uh, than it did Mariota, who I really like coming out of college. Two minutes, and we are back. Coming up, we are going to dive into should Tony Vitello change just a little bit? And also, are you in favor of a mega conference? More after this. Two minutes off the hook sports with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Booker. Family has been creating jewelry since 1986, each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Inflation has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. inflation calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli South subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Got cataracts? 
We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. We're going to tell you more about Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn, how they fix my distance vision. You heard about them right there. And I'll uh, tell you more about that here in just one moment. But first, we uh, want to stay just for a moment on the Tony Vitello situation. And I ask you, is it over? Is this done? Caleb, I can't tell you 110% done based off the phone calls and people I talked to yesterday, but I got no indication whatsoever that this is some sort of thing that could linger on like the Bruce Pearl situation. So I'm going to say right now that it is over that whatever happened, let's we can assume if we want to that it's linked to Huna. Maybe it's not, but either way, I was led to believe that it is over and this is a dead issue. I'm going to say this issue specifically is over. I don't think Tony Vitello's done getting in trouble with the NCAA or SEC or the school, whatever you want to name him. I mean, that was his third. Caleb uh, Jaru has a piece out. You guys all got to go read it on Off the Hooks. Off the Hook Sports, Jaru does a great job with us. He does a lot of our baseball coverage along with recruiting coverage. And he's got a piece up right now on just – Vitello's history of suspensions. So he ain't done getting suspended. I'm going to tell you all that right now. <laughs> well, that actually leads us to four downs. And it's brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. They fix my eyes. I can see far away like an eagle. They are fantastic. And they're local. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han right there in Knoxville, whether it's LASIK surgery like I had or you want to deal with uh, cataracts. Remember, Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. And they've also got great vision centers just for your regular checkups. It is time for Four Downs, and it's brought to you by Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. Four Downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. A first down, any more NCAA issues for Tony Vitello as long as he's the head coach at Tennessee? Yes. He might do it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't really have a problem with it. These minor issues, these sorts of things, you have to have a huge pile of those before they are significant. So I'll say, yeah, he's going to have slight NCAA issues. Josh Heupel is going to have slight NCAA issues. It's not like NASCAR where if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, but it's 
fairly close. You want to toe the line. And the bottom line is the rules are so much more loose than they used to be. I mean, you really have to push it to even cross the lines. But will he have uh, more NCAA issues? Yeah, I think almost any successful coach will. Second down, as we talk about Vitello possibly changing a bit and changing his coaching style, will we see any more one-finger salutes running around second base, which I think that most people would agree weigh in on the message board. I think most people would agree that that was the one really egregious celebration that went over the top. It was caught on the camera. It was played over and over and over. So the bird, will it remain moving forward? Uh, I don't think, I don't think that's going to remain. And the only reason I think Tony Vitello is going to cut down on it is he's, he doesn't mind the brashness, but I will say that like he's gotten it to a point to where look, if the NCAA can make an example out of somebody where they have legal or where they have they're within their rights to come down really hard on a coach, it'll be Tony Vitello. I think those are gone. I think the days of those are over. I think it was a group that fed into its brashness, a special group. Some of that's good, some of that's bad last year. But I don't think you're going to see the one-finger salutes. I don't think you're, see, you're going to see anybody flipping the bird going around the um, <clears throat> going around second base. I, I think you're going to see that dialed down, which leads me to third down. Bumping umpires, be it him or one of his assistant coaches, is that over, yay or nay? Yes, and I, I'm going to say this up front. It's, it's over because I think somebody in the SEC sat down with Tony Vitello, and he got lucky that he only got a three-game suspension for that, or four-game suspension for it last year. I think if you make contact with an umpire or a ref, I mean, that's borderline suspend for the whole year, honestly, because that's a horrible offense to me. Yeah, I think that's done too. Celebrations in general, fourth down, will they continue under Tony Vitello? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. And I got no problem with that. Please hit that like button. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate you hit that like button. It helps us open it up to uh, more viewers. I, I just, uh, the, the fine line to me is, is pretty simple. And it is, do the celebration in the dugout. If you bat flip it, it doesn't need to go over your head. Okay. Which I have no problem with the bat flip. If you ever watch uh, Japanese baseball, their, their major leagues, I mean, that's part of the celebration, and it's kind of cool. Um, but until that changes in the United States, the bat flip thing needs to be lower than your shoulders, no more one-finger salutes, and celebrations are just fine by me. I got zero problem with it whatsoever. It just there needs to be some sort of line you in the sand that you can't cross or you don't cross and i think that's the the next the big bat flip though the, i mean like this i'm sorry but worrying about a bat flip this is why baseball has fallen behind football and basketball in popularity in america among other things is i mean this would be like again we act like that we're so angry about bat flips in 1933 whatever babe ruth called a shot you know and so was that not classless and trash talk back then? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I think baseball is way too purist sometimes getting mad at the bat flip. No, I mean, but you don't, I mean, there has to be a line at some point. You don't want to flip it 30 feet in the air, right? No. Okay. Yes. But like over the shoulder, like if you swing the bat and you hold the bat up here and then you drop it, I mean, like, 
come on. Come on. Let it happen. My favorite player was King Griffey Jr. growing up. Griffey always had a tendency to admire his shot after he hit a home run. If he knew it was gone, he would look at it for a couple of seconds before rounding the bases. Some of the rules are so incredibly stupid in baseball, the gentleman's rules, and watching your shot and getting beamed the next time in which you can I – mean, you could potentially kill somebody. I mean, we're talking about a you know 95-mile-an-hour pitch. Some of the rules in baseball are so stupid. And that's why I, I really enjoyed this baseball team last year is I thought they pushed, maybe pushed a little bit too far, but they pushed and I liked it. Yeah, that's why I'm pro-charging the mound. I'm sorry, if a pitcher can hit you with a baseball, you should be allowed to charge the mound and, and beat the H out of them at the same time. So, Are you pro-charging the mound? I don't think you should get suspended if a pitcher hits you with the baseball and then you charge the mound. I don't. That's been my – particularly now with the DH rule in both leagues, both leagues have DHs, pitchers are protected. You never even get to hit them now. That's a great point. Uh, that's a great point. But the bat flipping, I think the only part we differ on is the bat flipping height. And I, I would just say not over your head. Not more than two revolutions. <laughs> I'm making this a little bit silly. But – you know, I mean, what is too far, right? If the bat goes 15 feet in the air and it's flipped 30 times, you know that's too far, right? Okay, fine. Or you have no problem Whatever. with it? Whatever. I, I think that's a way to inject some life into baseball, honestly. Look, Major League, Major League Baseball was staying afloat because of local markets, but I don't know if you know this, local TV markets are collapsing right now. And so that's that. I don't know if you guys know how bad that is for Major League Baseball going forward. That was the thing that kept them afloat. And this is one of the reasons because baseball sticks with gentlemen's rules way longer than they should. I mean, for those who don't know history, the gentleman's rule in baseball entering the 1920s was you shouldn't be trying to hit home runs. You should be a small ball team. That's how you win baseball games. And Babe Ruth comes in and says, F that. I'm swinging as hard as I can at every pitch. Well, you say, oops, I hit a home run. My bad. Yeah, you were. It was. Well, the, the theory was that small ball wins championships. Just like, you know, with Michael Jordan in the 80s, the theory was scoring champions don't win championships. Centers win championships, not scoring guards. Right. And then Jordan just was like, yeah, I don't believe that. And and Babe Ruth saved baseball by really being. Yeah, he really was the first player to actually. The reason Ruth dominated home runs relative to the rest of the league at the time was he was the only player that actually tried for home runs if that makes sense love it did not know that i know that they didn't have a fence for a long time they just had a big huge field and you imagine an outfielder uh, having to cover just like a 450 foot fence and be out there and um <clears throat> that sounds absolutely horrible zool beer xulbeer.com that's the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports, some Off the Hook Sports sent you, and you will love it in downtown Knoxville. They've got parking, believe it or not, at uh, Zulbeer, XULBeer.com, worldwide award-winning craft beer. So at the end of the day, based off four downs, we've come to this conclusion, that Tony Vitello needs to and will tone it down just a little bit. Is that... I'm asking you, is that where we are? Are we both on the same page? If last year was a 10, okay, and when you get when you get an assistant coach thrown out of, was it the regional or super regional last year? Um, when, when you get a coach thrown out 
of of playoff time, you, you're at about a 10 or 11 on my scale. That's a little too far. You're right. You know what we are right now? Okay, here's a reference. You've seen Happy Gilmore, right? I have. When Julie Bowen's character, his love interest, um, comes to him and was like, you can still have fun. You just got to dial it back a little bit. You know, no throwing exactly. clubs, no swearing, no hitting other players. <laughs> no, that's exactly what it is. So I think yeah. that Tony Vitello, can he still have that appeal, though? as the second happy Gilmore that is slightly dialed down. I think he can. I think he needs to grow the beard back. I've ta- I don't judge on this, but I've talked to a lot of females who think the beard needs to come back. Okay. Well, maybe his, maybe that's, is he, is he married? I believe so. Well, maybe that's why he shaved the beard. Maybe his wife is tired of the females coming after him. <laughs> You can tell pretty quickly, because I tried the beard thing from Christmas to late January. You can tell pretty quickly if it works or not. Mine did not because it was white, but Caleb's rocking the beard. But it's it's an individual choice, and you're able to look at it. I will say this. I think the, I think he, the beard works for him. I would go back to the beard. I agree. I agree. He does have a baby face, though. I mean, I've noticed that without it. <laughs> Whatever it is, the ladies love it. Um, so there you go. We think Tony Vitello dials it down a Lady little bit. LLTV. What is that? Instead of LL Cool J, LLTV. Ladies love Tony Vitello. They do. They do. And it's really, really over the top. There's even earrings nowadays that you can that have Tony Vitello's face on them that you can wear. Out wow, that's great. Uh, Vassy Lawn and Garden Man Alive, it's worth a drive right there in beautiful Cleveland. I don't care if you're in Nashville, Knoxville, or Chattanooga. Vassy Lawn and Garden will take care of you. And they've got industrial mowers, commercial mowers, and they're just absolutely phenomenal. And uh, with their ability to buy in volume and in bulk, you get a better price. And if you're restocking your fleet just in Cleveland, Man Alive, it is worth the drive. Super conference is upon us. I told you this would happen. Two minutes. Are you for it? Are you against it? And we'll discuss. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off Doug Sports. Sun, sand, and salt water. The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK vision correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasty's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasty Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. 
We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's repair. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalist for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show. Who? A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. With Caleb Calhoun, we roll on a lot of Tennessee Coaches, former Tennessee coaches, have found jobs elsewhere, and Gene was nice enough to clue us in that Tony Vitello is not married, most eligible bachelor in Knoxville. Of course, Lane Kiffin was married, and that didn't stop him. <laughs> Portions of the program brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. AndyMasonRealEstate.com will save you thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars on your next real estate transaction. And he is just phenomenal with over 40 years in his office of experience in the Knoxville area in real estate. Best prices, best service. It's just that simple. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Want to get to this mega conference talk because I think that's what's going to end up happening. But first, a lot of coaches that at stopovers in Tennessee have moved on to other jobs. Some were asked to move on to other jobs. But there's a common theme. Run down the list real quick, if, if you can. There, Caleb. All right. So we, we, we got a few. Most notably, uh, Jim Bob Cooter, the cuddler. Uh, also yes, coordinator of the Colts. cuddler. Uh, we spoke about him last week. Um, then uh, Derek, uh, Zach Azani, who's been a receivers coach in the NFL since 2017 now, I think. He was Butch Jones' receivers coach. Has now landed a job as the Jets receivers coach. For those who don't know, Zach Azani was the one who found Antonio Brown when Antonio Brown was just a nobody in college at Central Michigan. Um, and most notably to me is Derek Ansley, who's been named the defensive coordinator of the Chargers. Jeremy Pruitt hired Derek Ansley as his defensive coordinator in 2019 after he was the one calling the plays himself in 2018. Um, I thought Derek Ansley actually did a relatively good job those two years, so – Congratulations to him. I don't know that he was as much implicated in uh, everything going on, put it that way, as Jeremy Pruitt and Brian Niedermeyer were. Um, what's the common theme? 
all under all all were under fired head coaches. <laughs> uh, no, unless I missed one, they're all going to the NFL, right? Yes, they're all in the NFL. Okay, I don't think that's a coincidence. I was told by somebody who um, does a lot of scouting of coaches that a lot of these college coaches want to get to the NFL as quickly as possible because the transfer portal um, has made it so difficult and also NIL has made it so difficult. So if, if that's the situation, if that's, if that's where you are, do you worry about Josh Heupel at some point going to the NFL? Here's why I would say no, <clears throat> because even though I think he would be a great fit and do a great job, I think that, um, Right now, he's so far ahead of the curve, and thank the Spire Group and all the collectives for helping that, helping him on the NIL. That he is way ahead of the curve in that regard. He's ahead of the curve offensively as well, and I don't think that changes unless there's some massive shift in the rules of college football. So while other coaches can't wait to get to the NFL to get away from this NIL and transfer portal stuff. Josh Heupel, as much as any coach in the nation, has accepted it and I think is enjoying the fact that he can reap the rewards uh, from from what's going on in this current day and age of college football. So, yeah, I, I think all those guys going to the NFL is a sign that coaches want to get to the NFL and away from college football. But in this particular case, I don't think you should be worried about Josh Heupel whatsoever. Yeah, but isn't there still a desire to see, like, if your offense would work in the NFL? That's what I feel like. You know, I thought Matt Rule had something really building strong at Baylor, and then he chose to go to the NFL um, and failed at Carolina. Urban Meyer, I know Urban Meyer won multiple national titles, but it, it seems like because the NFL is unlike it was in the 90s where, you know, let's be honest, you know, when Spurrier got his job, he had to have a 12-year run that until Nick Saban was maybe the best 12-year run of the modern era of college football in the SEC in terms of dominating the SEC. And so I, I think nowadays the NFL is much more open to try new offenses you don't even have to produce at the college level. Look at Cliff Kingsbury. Had a losing record at Texas Tech and got the job at Arizona. Maybe that's because he was even more attractive than Tony Patello. But <laughs> um, I, I, I think that you see Josh Heibel's offense. You don't think – I mean, what happens when an NFL team comes calling and they question – I wonder – we know Tennessee can open up the checkbook for Josh Heibel. We know that. If, like, the Dallas Cowboys, though, want to open up the checkbook, can Tennessee match what the Cowboys would offer Josh Eiffel? I just don't think it's going to be a money thing with him. I don't think he thinks like that. And I don't say that about a lot of coaches, but I don't think making $15 million as opposed to ten is going to be a big factor in his decision. And I, it would, yeah, I've, I've had jobs where I've made better money than other jobs but did you enjoy one job more where you're better at one job yeah i mean i've seen that happen and i you know he's younger than me he's in his early 40s so i don't know if he he has that sort of mindset yet but uh, other than the nfl i can't imagine another job that that he would want and and i will say this i think that he does like molding young men so while other coaches are jumping to the nfl and they can't wait here he is with a perfect situation, and he has coaches that are, are he's grooming through the system. So I don't think he's going to lose a lot of coaches to the NFL. He's got a firm hold on NIL and transfer portal, 
I just think it's the perfect fit. And his offense would not be as explosive in the NFL because of the rules about illegal, illegal blocking downfield. So I can't imagine, to be real honest with you, a better job than him. We talk about where Tennessee ranks as one of the top jobs. And I've said all along it's a top 15 job. Please hit the like button. We greatly appreciate that. Give us a thumbs up. Bring more people into the, the program. And I've said for a long time Tennessee's a top 15 job. For Josh Heupel, I think it's a number one job. I think with with the Spire Group and with the collectives that are in place, with all the support he has, I don't – I mean – People historically would say Notre Dame or Southern Cal or Texas for more recruits or or Florida for more recruits. I could go on and on and on. I don't think so. I don't given everything, I don't see a I just don't see a job that Josh Heupel is a better fit in right now as of February 2023. I don't. So what about the you know, there were rumors when he was hired, and maybe you can enlighten me some, Dave, because I know you've covered him some even before now. Um, there were rumors that Josh Heupel didn't like recruiting. Now, you're right. The the work in recruiting is not, you know, 20 years ago, if you were hired at Tennessee, you had to work a lot harder to recruit 20 years ago than you did at a lot of other schools. Yes. But you're right. Even now, General Nealon used to talk about how he had to go outside the state and recruit by train. But, yes, go ahead. Yeah. So it was – yeah, and I've heard majors talk about that too. I mean, it was – you know, it was probably recruiting at Tennessee was probably one of the most stressful things possible because you had to go all over the country. You couldn't just go in your backyard. I do think NIL changes that a little bit. Maybe you're right. Maybe. Do you think Josh Heupel doesn't have to work as hard to recruit as maybe some other coaches do? Yes. Yes. I think it changes it a lot. And I don't know if those rumors were true that he didn't like to recruit or it was just unknown if he would could recruit at this level and recruit against Bama and Georgia. I don't know which is the case, but that was my question, if he could have success doing that. Nowadays, I mean, to some extent, okay, I got a loaner car because my car's been in the shop, all right? And it's got one of those, um, if you're coming up on somebody too fast, it'll kind of pump the brakes for you. It's got traction control and it's got all that stuff. I think that's the kind of car he's sitting in right now. I think that's the kind of car he's not sitting in a stick shift where he has to be mindful of getting off the clutch and not riding the clutch and all that. Pardon me for the, the analogy if it's a reach, Caleb, but I think he's sitting down in a vehicle that almost drives itself. So that's a big deal. Cause that would, so basically I thought maybe he would go to the NFL because he seems like somebody who just wants to focus on the scheming and the working with the players. And you think he can do that at Tennessee without having to do all the exterior stuff that, you know, handling and because other people are handling that basically. Yeah. I mean, I think as long as you sit down in the car and you give it some sort of effort, that car is going to guide itself. Then yes, I'm with you at that point. I'd stay at Tennessee. That's why, by the way, um, it, it's a, it's, it's the, the NIL for Tennessee is like like we've talked about coaching at LSU. I don't even think you have to work that hard to recruit at LSU. You, as, you can hang out with co-eds all day and they'll hear your starter style. Yeah. You can wake up with a tequila sunrise and go to bed with a blonde. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because this is why – I think this is why Spurrier left Florida because Miami was emerging, and, and I think this is why he left South Carolina – we know Spurrier doesn't did not like the work that goes into recruiting. He hated it. Um, and I think that, you know, you look at jobs like 
Notre Dame, this is why I say Notre Dame is honestly the worst job in America now. It's the worst job. If you look at the expectations for Notre Dame versus what you can actually do, people were like, oh, Notre Dame can recruit national. Yeah, but you actually have to recruit national. That's a lot of work. And you don't have any control over admissions. You don't have any control over discipline. Bob Ryan Kelly left. All right, so Rebecca is weighing in. She said, Batello is the coach with the good hair and love emojis on there. So, uh, Rebecca, I'm going to ask you personally, is, uh, is it beard, no beard for you since you are of the female persuasion? And we'll get your thoughts on that. Elias Gray saying, I think Spurrier leaves jobs reflexively when he gets frustrated. Completely agree. And I don't think that Josh Heupel is going to do that. Now, in Spurrier's defense, he said early on about 10 years is long enough to be at a job. And sure enough, it was about 10 years and he was cruising on. I don't think it helped that John Chavis and other defensive coaches figured out that he was too married to the pass and he didn't have fundamental football, which Josh Heupel coincidentally has. And we compare those two all the time. They do run the football. But yeah, I don't think you're going to see a Josh Heupel suddenly pull a trigger and move. And might be something I write about. It just seems like the perfect fit. I mean, we we could say all day that Alabama is a better job because what they've done recently. We could say that, but is is Alabama the best job for every single person? Uh, I don't think so. That being said, I think Josh Heupel could have success at about fifty programs. I'm talking about making a twelve team college football playoff type of success. Oh, yeah, I agree. And, and let's be fair with it. Alabama is a better program right now because of Nick Saban. Alabama is a top five job. Otherwise, all if you if you if we had if we did AI, AI robots coach every football team in America, Alabama wouldn't be the best team in the country. LSU would be the best team in the country. Georgia would be number two. Ohio State would be number three every year. That's just how it would be. Um, oh, interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on LSU. Um for sure, within a couple of years. I think they're going to be really scary with, with Brian Kelly. The, one thing I will say about what Nick Saban has done, and I'm still uh, waiting on you, Rebecca, to say beard, no beard. But the, th- the one thing I would say about Alabama is Nick Saban has altered the landscape of high school football in that state. Whereas it used to be middle of the pack in terms of producing talent, I think it's a lot higher now. So, you know, a, a lot more kids, especially in this day and age, um, that uh, in this day and age that people are scared of football and they, they, they should be, and that's understandably so, I think that um, Alabama football in the state has uh, had a great amount of success. So, all right, got uh hey hooker from robert duncan i wasn't getting all of notifications on youtube so i downloaded the app thanks for the app you're very welcome (laughs) good lord robert and i'm going to tell you one thing it took like eight months i've been telling caleb calhoun who's been part or full-time with us and we love what he does i've been telling him about this app thing for what about six months that it's going to be this week it's going to be this week so it's finally out and you can check out all of the uh, videos that Caleb puts together. I love it. I'm I'm very proud of it. But trust me, I did nothing for the technical aspect of it. Rebecca said, as far as the beard, I think he could go either way. Hotter than a firecracker and a great coach. Rebecca, let me ask you this. If Tony Vitello is a 10 on the look scale, 
because I call him uh, Magnum Vitello. He reminds me of Magnum P.I. from back in the day. I'm ready for him to hop in a Ferrari and drive away from Lindsey Nelson Stadium. All right, Rebecca, be honest. If Tony Vitello is a 10, what is Caleb Calhoun? Oh, God. And for the record, let's be be inclusive. If you're a man into men, you can also comment on this, too. We don't want to just call out the females. (laughs) That's true. We do not judge if you want to comment if Caleb's good looking or not before we get into this mayor conference talk. Portions of the program brought to you by Zach England, the best from Brock. Zach England is an injury, a personal injury attorney in Chattanooga. He'll do a great job. Zach's got your back. Absolutely love it. And I, you can throw in there if, if, if I'm on the scale too, one to 10. I've got confidence. Confidence should carry me to at least a five. Hey, I mean, confidence is a huge thing. I mean, you know, uh, one thing Stephen A. Smith one time said, I got to give him credit for this. He said, you know, when you love yourself, other people want to know what it is about you that you love. <laughs> that is the most narcissistic phrase I've ever heard in my life. When you love yourself, people want to know what you love. And so then they get interested. Travis says, my God, we've gone off the rails, and we absolutely have. All right. Today's tough <laughs> question is coming up. First, tell me about all the movements with the Big Ten and the Pac-12, which I think is going to be a conference for about another five years, and then the Pac-12 is going to be gone, and we're going mega conference. Okay, so a few things are happening here, and it's on both coasts, by the way, the two coastal conferences, Pac-12 and ACC. Um. We had a report yesterday, or we've had a report this week. Pac-12 is desperately trying to strike some sort of TV deal, and they're all falling through it. It sounded like Amazon was going to be able to come in and save them, but the Pac-12 and Amazon are really far apart in negotiations right now. And on top of that, the Big Ten is still very serious about getting, about rating some of these schools, and we don't know which ones are going to go, but we know that California, I mean, sorry, Cal, Stanford, Washington, Oregon, are massive, major, major targets for them. And I think they want to get three of those schools because they'll probably only need one in the Cal- between Cal and Stanford. And then they're going to go for Washington and Oregon. Okay. Rebecca, I'm waiting on you to see where we stand <laughs> on the scale of one to 10. If one is super, one's like the hunchback in Notre Dame and 10 is uh, Tony Vitello. But all right, here we go. Rebecca says, Caleb just needs to grow his hair a little longer, and he would look a lot like Vitello. I was just thinking he looks like Vitello as I was deciding beard or no beard. Look at you. <laughs> and she just skips over me altogether. Gene says he owns a, a Maserati. Wow. A Maserati. I wonder if he got that from uh, Harper's. Um, all right, so let's get to today's tough question. Will there be a super conference? And Rebecca, where do I rank on the look scale? Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. Are you for will there be a mega conference? I'm going to go ahead and start. I usually let Caleb go first. Yes. Yes, I want the Big Ten and the SEC to ultimately combine in some shape, form, or fashion. I want another level of football that's 32 to 40 teams. I want it to be nice and clean like the NFL so we know when games start. You know every Sunday what time the games start, okay? You know it's 1 o'clock, 105. You know it's 405 or 415. You know at 8 o'clock there's another one. 
and a Monday night there's another one. That's what I've always wanted college football to be like since I was Caleb's age, and I am all for a mega conference, and then you have a playoff of about 12 to 16 teams, but you it depends how many teams you have in a mega conference, which this is going to happen, guys. I'm just telling you. And I'm all for it, and I think it will happen, and I think it will happen sooner than you think. I'll put the over-under at five years. Caleb, your retort, sir. Yes, it's going to happen. No, I'm not for it. I understand your oh. point. No, I'm sorry. Look, Dave, I understand your point because you're looking at it as if there's this way, we're finally going to get to a point where finally all the best players are in one conference and we're seeing the best competition compete against each other so it's not spread out all over the world, basically. And I get that. Um, I have to say that my issue with it is that I think there was something unique about college football and college sports in general being so spread out to a level where if you didn't win a national championship, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. You could still celebrate a good season. Um, I know, I know. I'm I'm, I'm To heck with that. That's socialism, man. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's a participation trophy. I get it. I get it. I, I credit Ohio State and TCU for getting there last year. But what I mean, okay, we we talk about – I'm just going to give you an example. Let's look at Tennessee, for instance. We talk about some of the most beloved teams in Tennessee history. Arguably one of the top five, maybe the second most beloved team in Tennessee history is the 85 Sugar Bowls. Now, they didn't win a national championship. They weren't the best team. But we look back on that – but people who follow Tennessee and covered them at the time look back on that season with a lot of fondness for what they did. But they would have done the same thing if they made the Final Four in a playoff. It's not going to be remembered the same way. No, it would be. That TCU team is going to be remembered as going from nobodies to somebody. Not to throw you off, but Rebecca says, so let me just say, Caleb is doing a great job on your channel. I agree. I enjoy watching you all. And, oh, Dave, you're a 10. Thank you, Rebecca. And I'm going to hook you up with a hooker T-shirt. Here is my email. Rebecca, I appreciate that. I needed a little boost this morning. I didn't sleep well last night. Travis says 100% for it along with the playoffs. Let's do this. Uh, you know, Let's I do this. Listen, if you're Oregon State, you're totally against it because you're going to be an FCS team before long. But you're not. We're covering Tennessee. Let's do this. But, but we're also forgetting this. Okay, there are so many football programs out there. There are so many kids that like to play college football. Here's the thing. College football, these programs are going to basically disintegrate, not even just go to FCS. They stay afloat because they play these big teams. And there's going to be so many so there's going to be so many programs that go by the wayside and so many kids that would love to play college football that aren't NFL prospects are not going to have anywhere to go at this point. And so I'm thinking that's that's where my mind's at. Like for instance, everybody hates it. I love the one game. I love the fact that you get one game a year against an FCS school. I think that that's good for the SES school. That's that that one game keeps their whole program going every year. And yeah, but see, that football's still going to be there. Our friend Brent Doherty at one hundred four point five The Zone. His son plays at MTSU. Okay, so there's still going to be places to play, and he he supports MTSU, and I think that is awesome. So those programs aren't going to just disappear like the Oregon States of the world because the Big Ten doesn't want Oregon State; it wants Oregon. Right. Mm-hmm. And they might want Washington, but they don't want Washington State. So I'm sorry for those teams that get caught in the middle, but there's still enough appetite for football where outside of a 32, 
you are going to have plenty of interest in, in that level of football and even the lower level of the FCS. So if you had a, let's, what do we want to call it? Mega conference sounds a little pompous. <laughs> sounds like something Stephen A. Smith would come up with. Um, but let's just, <clears throat> uh, the All-American Conference. Now there's already one of those. No, it would come be up. an All-American Football League, two conferences, and the SEC and Big Ten would be like the AL and the NL or the AFC and the NFC. That's how they would do it probably. I'm cool with that. Cool uh, with that. But you play each but you gotta play each other. It's not like the old ALNL where you didn't see each other until the all-star game or the World Series, right? You're playing right. each other. We're gonna have an occasional Tennessee, Ohio State, and that sort of thing. Occasional interleague. Well, also I would do like I think the one thing I want, because I want to preserve the rivalries, I think once they get to that point, look, I'm 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 not naive. It's getting there. I at least want them to set up because people are like, oh, rivalries are gonna go by the wayside. Rivalries are rivalries evolve out of the landscape of college football. You don't preserve rivalries to sacrifice the future landscape. Rivalries are created because of the landscape. So there will be new rivalries that come. Tennessee, Florida wasn't a rivalry until the SEC divisional split. And so. I I get that. And rivalries are going to have to go by the wayside. And you're going to hear me pound the other side of the drum and say that, uh, yeah, you've got to keep rivalries like Tennessee, Alabama and Georgia and Auburn. But if we're willing to make this major step, then you don't have to do that. Elias says it's going to be a league. NCAA becomes a non-entity in football. <laughs> that is even better. I love Elias. And I'm just all for this. Okay, and I'm ready. I, I, I'm with you. I'm saying I hope that they separate. Like, I hope the Big Ten and SEC. I'm guessing that I think I don't think it's going to be a 32 team. I think it's going to be a 64 team. Mega League, quite honestly. I think the Big Ten is looking to go. Big Ten is probably going to go 24 teams. I think SEC won't go beyond 20, so maybe 45 teams. 44 to 50 team conferences. I think they're going to separate divisions. Each of them are going to create their own divisions that will be like what conferences were back in the day. It'll be like an eight-team division within the conference, and that's all your rivals that you play every year. And I think they'll kind of do it like that, which I guess on a, on a side note, I want to point this out, Dave. Here's what's really interesting. On the other side of the coast, we talked about the Pac-12. The ACC, I don't know if you saw Clemson and Florida State are very unhappy with the ACC payouts. And the, I don't blame them, by the way. Too bad. <laughs> Florida State should have joined the SEC when they had their chance. Well, that was a middle finger moment by Florida State because they had been trying to join the SEC so many times in the past, and the SEC said no. And then when they were a top five program and the SEC reached out. But you're right, they should have. That was a short-sighted move at the time. I'm just saying... This is a big deal going forward. Florida State and Clemson, you know they're going to do everything they can to get out of the ACC as quickly as possible. No, I agree. And they should. It's horrible. But they signed that terrible contract where they're tied in for the better part of our lifetimes. I mean, it's got like eight years left. And they get – I mean, that's their fault. If if Florida State and Clemson get left out and then they're at that second level of football, too bad. I mean – Florida State could have joined in 92, and Bobby Bowden came out and said publicly it's too tough. Yeah, but yeah Travis has put them in the Big East. No, you know who's going to feel bad about this? Man, Georgia Tech and Tulane, those two leaving the oh. SEC. <laughs> I don't think they could have seen that going. That was like 80 years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, well, Tulane, <laughs> it was in the 60s. It was over, funny enough, former Vol, Bobby Dodd, uh, coaching at Georgia Tech, was behind them leaving the SEC. Um, and, but yeah, that, that's, uh, because by the way, 
there is nothing in it that I can tell you this right now. The SEC is never taking Georgia Tech or Tulane back. Neither school brings anything to the oh, SEC. I can't wait till you go to SEC Media Days and we interview Greg Sankey. And you, when you sit around him, you'll realize he is four steps ahead of wherever we're what we're thinking. So I, I'm just if we're thinking 40 teams, he's probably thinking 64 teams. If we're thinking add Florida State, Clemson, he's probably thinking Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and somebody else. Well, the pro- the Go ahead. Problem, it's okay. The problem is, and this is the thing you have to understand. This is the thing uh, you have to. It's not just about the size of the conference. What he has to weigh is, will the school be bringing in more revenue or will they be spending more money to pay out the school when it comes? Because it doesn't make sense to add like a school that, that, that pulls a Vanderbilt. I guess if that makes but sense. Caleb, here's the thing that it's just so obvious to me. I watch YouTube every night. The streaming aspect of it and what we're able to do right here, the money is going to be there. If your team is playing in a college football playoff or playing Vanderbilt, you're going to find that team. The distribution model is so out there. That means limitless money. Look how much the Jeff Bezos paid for that Thursday night football game that was always the worst matchup of of the weekend was it not it was was. horrible they basically said we're not sure this streaming thing's going to work and they pulled it off and it looked like a fantastic production right out of the shoot for us it took some time but for bezos he did he did just fine so let me let me go to the crowd reaction about my mega conference and that might destroy some teams like oregon state everybody loves it and i've and i have a new toy to play with now, let me go to the reaction from Caleb Calhoun that says that he doesn't want a, um, a mega conference. <laughs> I told you when I got this I, thing, I'd never play it because it was corny. And what you, did I do? I, I want to do some history for a minute, Dave. You know what you are? You're a federalist. You're John Adams. Okay. I am Thomas Jefferson, where I envision a country where things are spread out and everybody has their own little thing. And you're John Adams and you want the centralized government. <laughs> When it comes to football, yes. I love L.A. I love Manhattan Beach. If I won the lottery tomorrow, I would have a house in Manhattan Beach. I I love L.A. I would love for football to start at 9 a.m. every day. I love everything about L.A., except for the fact that they don't care about football. They had literally, I think, like three dozen fans show up to the Rams' celebration of winning a Super Bowl. I mean, Yeah, both of their local school teams get to be in the Big Ten. Right. But but still, the bottom line is, if I have to lean towards regionalism, okay, of I'm going to take care of the Big Ten region, I'm going to take care of the SEC region, yeah, I'm going to do that. Because LA, you don't care as much. San Francisco, you don't care as much. Texas, you do. I'm going to take care of them. But yes, I don't mind this being more of a regionalized sport. When I was up north just last week, I was reminded that is an NBA town. I saw more Boston Celtics, and we weren't even close to Boston. We were an hour and a half. And you're you're in that area. You probably see more NBA stuff in a day than I do in a month. That's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. It, well, it's regional. Well, but, but what you're calling for will make it less regional, though. Is what I mean. Is what I'm saying. One, the Big Ten is not even going by regions anymore. They're going on TV markets. So. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have added USC and UCLA, so that no. is a bit of a bugaboo in my plan. 
they should have added Utah. I don't know if you saw the ratings for the Pac-12 championship game, but there were more viewers from Salt Lake City than there were from uh, L.A. in the Pac-12 championship game last year. And well, I, I will just say this. <clears throat> when it comes to the national championship game, this has always been the case. I didn't check it this year. The two markets, other than the teams that are actually playing, so if you want to talk about the, the final four, take out Columbus, uh, take out – uh, wherever Texas Christian is, uh, take out uh, who am I forgetting? Athens. You you take out the teams that they're that are actually playing in their hometowns. You know the two markets that always dominate in the college football playoff and uh, national and or a national championship game. I'm going to guess Atlanta's one of them. No, Pro Town. It's Nashville and Birmingham. Really? Okay. Always right there at one or two. Now, part, you could say Birmingham is part of the Saban and Alabama thing, but it's really not. It was that case way before. Uh, the headquarters were in Birmingham years ago, yeah. Yeah, and well, they still are, right? Oh, they are. That's right, yeah. Yeah. By the way, SEC Media Days, we'll, we'll broadcast live from, and that's in Nashville, so that'll be a big, huge mess as nobody will know where to take their players or their coaches. Just move it back to the Hoover and the Winfrey in Birmingham, and I know all the sneaky back rooms to go. Which is also Nashville's becoming like notoriously the worst traffic town in America because the infrastructure is not designed for the population growth that they have there. Amen, brother. And I don't know wherever they're going to hold it. I don't know the sneaky little hallways to get into all the private rooms that the SEC teams hold. Hooker looking for the private rooms in the sneaky hallways. I am. I walked into <laughs> one and uh, Michael uh, Bennett, who's the sports information director at LSU, said, uh, hey, Dave, how are you? So I'm great, Michael. And then uh, Ed Orgeron goes, what's up, Hook? And I was in. So I got my exclusive with, with Joe Burrow and Ed Orgeron while everybody else is downstairs elbowing each other. And Ed Orgeron is probably like, this wasn't what I was thinking when I said I was going to meet a hooker. And <laughs> I walked away and thought to myself, I cannot imagine him hoisting a national championship trophy. And I was dead wrong. Have a fantastic day, everyone. But I did say the Joe Burrow kid is something special based off a conversation. Without seeing him play, that's the, one of the few times I've ever walked away and said the Joe, Joe Burrow kid is something special. He's kind of the John Moran of the NFL, though, right now, meaning he, maybe not him, but the Bengals are just talking a lot and they haven't won anything yet, so they might need to dial it back. Kind of like Tennessee baseball. Oh, got a win. Yes, that's a topic tomorrow. Jot it down on your reporter's notepad. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Big show tomorrow, Ron Slay. And is it put up or shut up time for Tennessee baseball? Download the app. Hit that like button one more time if you can. And don't forget, Rebecca, I put my email in there. I'm very happily married, so it's not some sort of move. But I will hook you up with a hooker T-shirt for saying I was a 10 on the look scale, which is a lie, but I appreciate it. Have a fantastic day, everyone. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.